0: I want to welcome you to the Reformed Informants. This is a podcast devoted to biblical exposition, systematic theology and practical application for the good of the church. I'm Lance Burrows and I'm TJ Darty and we are the Reformed Informants. Nu ma Pneumatology, man. We're kicking off a new series here with this episode. How are you feeling about this thing, man?
1: Man, I, I have to say, I'm I'm both like excited and a little bit unsure of myself because this is a this is a new topic for me in terms of teaching. I, I've not taught a whole lot through pneumatology, uh, so I'm excited to be able to to dig in and to learn uh, from our conversations, from our preparation, and of course, I'm excited, man, because I I just love doing systematic theology i love doing these series uh love doing the podcast so yeah i'm ready to roll for sure yeah man you know
0: i i guess i was the first person to ever introduce the holy spirit to you just last week so i mean this is going to be a big time learning experience i'm I,
1: I, I i learn from you every time you speak lance that's uh and i'm not the only one so uh we we appreciate you you just keep doing your thing man keep doing it
0: yeah, man. So, you know, we're, we're back at it. Um, it's really been a few months since we have been in an actual series. And, you know, just to remind all of our listeners, this is really the heart and soul of our podcast. You know, of course, we've done some uh, biblical exposition where we walk through uh, different portions of scripture, line by line, verse by verse, Every now and again, um, we will step away from that and address a particular issue in the culture. Uh, but when you get to the heart of the matter, this podcast, the Reformed Informants, are all about building a systematic theology. So uh, we've worked through various categories, and uh, man, we've we've finally made our way to uh, pneumatology.
1: Yeah, what's really cool looking back is when we started this podcast, I, I think you and I remember looking for a podcast that was doing what we're doing, right? Like we we're looking for someone, for somebody out there who's building systematic, who's running through uh, having conversations uh, through a systematic. And, and we didn't see it and, and almost kind of thought like, Hey, this would be a worthwhile endeavor to just have these conversations. And so that's where it started. That's what, like you said, that was the heart of the podcast was let's have conversation about systematic theology. And if you go all the way back to the very beginning, I mean that was the root. What is theology? Why does theology matter? Uh, what is the gospel rooted in systematic theology? And so we just began with that, and then we started to to build our, our system. And it's taken us quite some time to get here. Uh, and we have more to cover after this, but this is uh, it's an exciting process that we're on. One that we're learning. Uh, as we go. And so, man, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pumped to be able to, to have this conversation and to start this, uh, this series. Yeah. I think we've mentioned
0: it before and I was actually talking, uh, about it with, uh, uh, one of my guys, uh, Ryan Loudermilk today, uh, about once we finish up rolling through a systematic the first time, we're going to go right back to the beginning and do it all over again and try and cover material that we weren't able to cover during this first go-around, so I don't, I don't see any end to the podcast uh, in sight or any any time soon. Uh, so, man, you know, we're just looking forward to continually developing theology, bringing out what the scriptures teach, and and really, uh, I guess, somewhat segueing us into uh, this particular category, pneumatology. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, this wouldn't even be possible.
1: Yeah, man, that's uh, a <clears throat> that, that's a great word. It's a great reminder. And if you're if you're new to the podcast, we we've been uh, mentioning this whole systematic theology. If you're new to the podcast, we are building a system, and so we've got to the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, which is pneumatology, and we'll begin to to discuss that. Um, but we didn't just start here. We've developed. Uh, we've we've established a system, and we've built on that. So if you're new. We would encourage you go back and, and listen. In particular, <clears throat> we've done series on bibliology, starting the study of the Bible, theology proper, which is the uh, study of God, especially God the Father. Then we did anthropology, the study of man, hamartiology, the study of sin. Then we did a Christology series, which was an absolute blast. Uh, I think it was like ten episodes that we did over the summer, and uh, so that was a phenomenal study and uh, piggybacking off of our Christology series, we've now turned to the third person of the Trinity, looking at the Holy Spirit in pneumatology. So, so Lance, let's, let's just, I'm just going to ask you the question, what is pneumatology? Where'd you get that word? Uh, how, you know, wh- what is that?
0: Yeah, I made that up on the fly today, man. Woke up this oh, morning. Yeah. Um, divine intervention, supernatural encounter with God. And then I decided we'd just label this series pneumatology. Now, that, that, that's a great question. You know, pneuma, pneumatology, pneuma is essentially, it comes from the Greek word pneuma, which means spirit, breath, or wind. Um, and that, that's essentially where we get pneumatology. We talked about theology proper, the study of God. So, this would be the study of uh, the Holy Spirit, um, which, again, anytime we build a category, so in particular, with pneumatology, we're building it based off the revelation of God. We're building it based off the Scripture. So again, yeah, even when we say pneuma, I mean, we, we are borrowing biblical language to do this.
1: That's a, Man, that's a good word. And I would also add, too, as we begin this study, that there's always going to be overlap. There's always going to be uh, connections made between doctrines. And so we've done theology proper, which is the study of God. And in that study, we talked about the Trinity. Well, included in the Trinity is the person of Jesus Christ and the person of the Holy Spirit. And so we've we've referenced some of these things before. Uh, there's always going to be, uh, you know, connections between these different doctrines. We always say theology matters. And so where you land on a particular doctrine is going to affect other doctrines. And uh, that's been a, a key for us as we've developed. Um, are systematic along the way. And so now as we look at the person of the Holy Spirit, uh, we're trying to, in this series, we're going to try to focus in on the person, the work, the activity, um, the, the influence, the all of the things related to the Holy Spirit. Now, those are going to naturally bleed into questions about salvation or about the church or about the Trinity. That's that's natural. That's fine. But we're trying to focus in and say, what does Scripture say? What does Scripture teach? How do we develop the doctrine of the Holy Spirit?
0: Come on. Let's, let's go, man. It's 9 o'clock here, Central Time. Man, I'm, I'm getting hype. I'm not going to be able to go to bed after this thing. Um. Yeah, man. Th- th- that's a good word. So for this particular episode, we're basically laying a foundation, um, and basically trying to build steam for you know the the, the following uh, following episode. So um, today's just going to be a flyby and overview of this particular doctrine, and uh, in some and in some sort of a way giving a preview. Um, to what we're going to look at over the next couple months. So we've titled this episode, uh, this is episode 59, Pneumatology Part 1, The Most Misunderstood Member of the Trinity. The Most Misunderstood Member of the Trinity. And we want to start developing that today in this overview or flyby episode. So I'm going to ask a question here, TJ, and I'm going to send it back to you. Uh, to get the ball rolling here, but why is the Holy Spirit, why is the Holy Spirit the most misunderstood member of the Trinity?
1: <clears throat> there's, a, I think there's a lot of reasons, a lot of factors, a lot of variables playing into that. Uh, I'll just start with the most obvious, um, and that is that in Scripture, three persons in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Scripture speaks very openly, very explicitly about God the Father, in particular, the entire Old Testament. Um, and then when you enter into the Gospels, you have the ministry of Jesus and Jesus being the central character, the theme, the Messiah, um, the, the, the chosen one, the new and better Adam, Uh, the one who accomplishes salvation, Jesus has a prominent role in the biblical story. And Jesus speaks frequently about the relationship that he has with the Father. And so you just have such a prominent, such an emphasis on uh, those two persons that by default, the Holy Spirit is given less ink in Scripture, so to speak, right? Like it's just because there is so much emphasis given to The Father and to the Son in written revelation, you just by default have less about the Holy Spirit. And so uh, I think, just in and of itself, just for a natural reading of Scripture, we are drawn to focus more on the Father and on the Son and less just without thinking less on the Holy Spirit. Agree or disagree with that? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, I think, um, all theologians um, w- would agree with exactly what you said. In terms of Revelation, Genesis to Revelation, what God has revealed about the Godhead, about the triune God. I mean, if you were to calculate the percentage of text about God, the percentage of text about Christ, the percentage of text about the Holy Spirit, absolutely the Holy Spirit is going to have the least amount of, uh, in comparison to the the father and uh, the son so I think that factors into why he's the most misunderstood I would also add into that I think that's that's why he might be uh, considered uh, the, the forgotten member of the Trinity uh, mm-hmm. I you know I, I think we'll clarify that as we go along with this particular series because I do think there is a lot of talk about the Holy Spirit today um but we're going to save that for future episodes. But really just over the course of church history, um, it seems as if he to some degree has been set to the side mm-hmm. uh, as God has been defended, as Christ has been defended. Um, but the Holy Spirit also needs to be defended as well. So, yeah, I mean... I think we both agree there that in terms of general revel or in terms of revelation as a whole, there's just less about the Holy Spirit.
1: Yeah, and you you said, Lance. uh, I want to pick your brain a little bit on this. You said that uh, in terms of church history, there's been more emphasis or more discussion or more debate, maybe on the Father and the Son, especially. I'm thinking about the early, uh, the early church creeds. The you know, so those early statements of faith there were councils that met and discussed in massive length, and massive detail, the person of Christ, the deity of Christ, the you know, how do we understand these things? And in doing so, were they intentionally neglecting the holy spirit? Like like what do you see in terms of church history? Was this a a conscious decision that says the holy spirit is not important or not as important as the son? Was this a a decision that was made consciously or subconsciously or was it just a this is just kind of how it happened because there was emphasis that had to be placed on these conversations where, where, where do you land on that
0: yeah that's good i like the way you phrase that because it wasn't as if the holy spirit was just shoved to the side look really the doctrine and theology of the holy spirit was established in those early centuries you can go back to the 3rd 4th and the 5th centuries and his person and his work was established uh again, early uh, in uh, the beginning of the church. However, there were so many attacks against God and specifically Christ that the focus of those centuries were defending those particular issues because in reality, the Holy Spirit's ministry, the Holy Spirit's person, his work wasn't getting attacked as, uh, as much as, as Christ. So the church but, would rise up, defend Christ, not push the Spirit to the side, but would would focus specifically on Christ. I hope that's where you want me to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that, uh, would, would affirm that. And, and I think, too, that when—and we're going to talk about this more in future episodes— but when you establish the deity of Christ, you are, in essence, by default, you are establishing the deity of the Holy Spirit. And, and so we're going to see that when the early church— focus those battles, as you said, on Christology, what they were doing is they were defending the Trinity. They were defending the personhood of Christ, but also by by uh, extension, they were defending the, the, the deity of the person of the Holy Spirit. And so they, they were doing so indirectly. Um, another thing I think that we need to be aware of is that the work of Christ is very prominent Right, like you, you don't have the gospel without the cross. You don't have the gospel without the resurrection. Like these are central doctrinal uh, works of Christ. He he accomplishes redemption. Like like you cannot cannot communicate the gospel without Christ. But the work of the Holy Spirit is very much behind the scenes. He he is so he's so, he's, he's so humble in his approach. He is, the Holy Spirit is not looking for us. to to heap praise on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit points us to Christ. Mm. That's what He does. And we'll talk about that in John 16. Jesus says that the Spirit will remind you of my words. And so the Spirit points us away from Himself onto Christ. And And I think there's something to that, that our focus, our emphasis is to be rightly attributed to the triune God, but in doing so, we don't want to spend all of our focus on the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit doesn't want us to. The Holy Spirit is pointing us to the words of Christ, and so oh. I, I think there's something that we need to we need to weigh in the balance when we consider these things.
0: Man, oh man, that's that's so good. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just thinking about the John 16 text that mm. that, that that you just brought up, um, and in reality, I mean, you you nailed that that. The Holy Spirit isn't as prominent on the actual pages of scripture as God and Christ are. However, he is ever working behind the scenes with his entire ministry, ultimately elevating God and Christ. Yeah. If you go, yep. I mean, I can't it's it's the very last verse in John chapter 16 that talks about that, that the Holy Spirit is essentially testifying and bearing witness. And everything that he does is in promotion of Christ. That's um, right. So yeah, and, and I think, and I'll just add to this on why he's the most misunderstood member of the Trinity, because in reality, I mean, we've said it is that, that he is behind the scenes doing the work and mm-hmm. th- th- there's some mystery to that, not, not in a mystical sense when we use that yeah. word, but there is some mystery that he is behind the scenes doing what he's doing in promotion, not of himself, uh, but of right. Christ and Jesus or in Christ and God rather
1: right let, let me ask let me ask you one more so we, we've hit some of the the reasons why the Holy Spirit is the the most misunderstood or, or in some sense the the least prominent the least well known um the most forgotten as you had mentioned but what about and you, you've made a note of this i I want your thoughts what about the abuses of the Holy Spirit so we've we've talked a little bit about how easy it is to perhaps overlook or to forget about or even to redirect our attention away from, but what about the abuses that have happened in terms of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit and why that makes this doctrine one of the most misunderstood in all of of theology? Okay, yeah.
0: Man, okay. It's almost hard to kind of narrow down to where you <laughs> want to begin with with answering this particular question, but uh, let's do it like this. you know if if there were people that were abusing the doctrine of God and people were abusing the doctrine of Christ, in other words, you are abusing uh, God in such a way that he is no longer the God of the Bible, well then you would be labeled a heretic. You would be considered you know, associating yourself with a false religion or a false God. The, the same would be true of Christ. If you tamper with Christ so much, you have a different Jesus, you have a different religion, you don't have a saving gospel, uh, so on and so forth, right? But for some reason, when there there's a tampering of the Holy Spirit, it, it, it's as if, it's a, if it's, a, it's a different category of tampering. In okay. other words, if the Holy Spirit is abused and He's treated incorrectly and not properly, uh, for some reason, it seems as if there is a pass when it when when it comes to him. D- d- does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and and I don't know that I'd ever considered that reality, but you, I, I think you're dead on. I think you're onto something there. That if we, if we were to distort the person of Jesus the same way that the Holy Spirit is distorted, we would anathematize. Right? We would say absolutely not. But there are many who would say in doing this to the Holy spirit who have abused the Holy spirit and who have uh, completely misunderstood uh, the gifts of the spirit, the work of the spirit, the activity of the spirit. And there are many who would say, well, they're still Christians. We're just, we just disagree on maybe the outworking of some of their theology. And, uh, and you're right, man, there's, there's a little bit of a pass there. And, Um, and that's unfortunate because that leads to a misunderstanding and misappropriation because the lines get blurred. Uh, you have, you have those who would say, well, they're still in Christ and yet they completely distort and misunderstand, uh, this, this person of the Trinity. And so, yeah, I I think that there's something there. Um, what, what types of abuses? I I know we're, we're just kind of previewing here, but what types of abuses do do you have in mind?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think you could work your way through, uh, you know the great movements in, in church history when you have, um, you know, so-called revivals, some which would be absolutely authentic in terms of repentance and belief and a spreading of of the gospel across the land. But mixed in there, you always seem to find streams of people. you, you find these small movements, Mm -hmm. um, that begin attributing false actions, emotions, um, and things of that like to the Holy Spirit. You see a little bit of that in the great awakening. Um, Mm -hmm. that's when Jonathan Edwards really came on the scene and tried to address, uh, issues related to abuses of the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the more prominent works, Prominent works that you can find on Edwards is when he talks about 1 John uh, chapter 4 and a testing of the spirits. Um, right. you, you know, You know, to determine what was truly from God and what was truly not from God. And what he was arguing for that if it was a true movement of the Holy Spirit, if it was a true work of the Holy Spirit, it would theologically and doctrinally align with what the Word said. So I say all that to say is that there have been streams and movements of people who have claimed that the holy spirit is indeed working but in reality it's not the work of the spirit coming out that particular way.
1: Yeah so you so you're 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 pointing to the fact that over the course of time in church history we've we've seen credit given to the holy spirit for something the holy spirit's not responsible for. Right. Yeah. Which then, which then causes us to have a misunderstanding, which is kind of the the whole idea of this episode, right? That uh, that somehow the Holy Spirit gets labeled or tagged or credited with work that is not His work, and so now there's there's a a, a blurriness, uh, a, a lack of ability to discern what's truly His. So yeah, and right. and I, I I am really looking forward to having that conversation in the future episode about. The, the way that we've seen this, um, which not not to spoil too much of it now, but it, it's happened all throughout church history, but man, yeah. it's really prevalent today. And so we we've gotta we've gotta address some of these things uh for for sure. Um all right so let, let me let me transition us into the 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 next question here. Why then so we we've identified I think that the Holy Spirit is the most misunderstood person of the Trinity but Aside from correcting our maybe misunderstandings, why is it important? Like, like of all of all the places that we've gone, we, we've established that it's important that we study bibliology, theology proper, uh, Christology, anthropology, homardiology. Why do we want to devote however many episodes that we devote to this? Why study the Holy Spirit? Yeah, man,
0: I, I man, I, you know... We could pull together a dozen reasons why, you know, we, we didn't do that for this particular episode because we would be here all night. Um, but we, we tried to pull together just a handful, uh, just a handful of uh, uh, reasons why we need to study the spirit, uh, really, again, to set the stage for where we want to go. So at least initially, I, I would say, actually, before I say it, let, let, let me let me say this. I want to encourage our listeners, whatever preconceived notions and understanding of the Holy Spirit that you have or maybe grew up with, we're wanting this particular series to shed light on the biblical revelation about the Spirit. So come to these episodes with an open mind, ready to learn, ready to hear God speak through His Word, and I hope and pray that we're able to bring clarification to who the Holy Spirit really is in a time of age like you mentioned TJ where there's a lot of confusion on this issue.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you said that and I would also add test the spirits. Go and and check what we say. Um, you know, we quote a a, a Bible verse. Uh go check it. Make sure that we're saying the right thing and and that we're interpreting it and applying it rightly in context. I mean, we, we want us we, we want to be held accountable in the same way and we want to lay our preconceived notions at the door as well. And so our aim, like you said, Lance, from the Bible up, like we we want this to, to be biblical, and that's how we're determining our theology of the person, the work, the activity of the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, I, I think that's uh, that that's really, really important and foundational for us. So with that in mind then, now can you answer the question, why is it important to study the Holy Spirit?
0: Yeah, well, well, to kick us off here, one, the Holy Spirit inspired, guided, and has preserved God's written revelation, the the Scripture, the Bible. In other words, uh, God, through the Holy Spirit, or God the Holy Spirit, you could say, inspired the authors of Scripture. He guided them to write down every word of Scripture. And then once that canon was complete, Throughout the centuries, he himself has continued to, to preserve the writing of Scripture. So in reality, if someone was to ask you, who was the author of Scripture? Well, on the one hand, we would say, Well, Scripture is God breed, Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16, right? We would acknowledge that. But on the other hand, we would say that the Holy Spirit is the author of Scripture.
1: Yeah. Uh, you 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 see that multiple places in the New Testament. You see uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, as you mentioned, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Um, And and I think this is really important for us, especially when we think about doing biblical theology. So um, we know—I just recently started a sermon series on the book of Genesis. Well, Moses was the author of Genesis in terms of the human author. Well, John, the Apostle John, was the author of the book of Revelation in terms of a human author. But the same divine author, the Holy Spirit, was the author from Genesis through Revelation. And so there is a unified story happening. The Bible is not, as I said in my sermon a couple of weeks ago, the Bible is not 66 individual books that are just like stapled together. Right? It's one story. And the story is being revealed by the work of the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, if we're going to understand Scripture, if we're going to understand God's written, revealed revelation, of course it makes sense to study the Holy Spirit. That's who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, and, And with this, Lance, I want to hear your thoughts on this. With this, the Holy Spirit not only has inspired and guided and over the course of centuries preserved the written word, but the Holy Spirit also illuminates the written word. What what is what does that word illuminates? How is it different? How does that apply to us?
0: Man, that's so good. I, you know, again, this is this is why we're doing the study. I mean, this is encouraging and you know, just strengthening and edifying my own soul. Talking about the these truths. Yeah. But not only does uh, or not only does the scripture say that the Holy Spirit wrote it he, he's he's the author that's what the scripture testifies of itself but the holy spirit also illuminates the bible in other words the holy spirit is the teacher of his word so not only did he write it he also teaches it i mean what better teacher to have than the actual author himself you know it, it's like mm-hmm. you know okay just to use an example here tj has a blog uh what better way for tj or for you to understand that particular blog if the author was to talk about his blog and explain the blog, right? Well, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. essentially is doing that, except on a greater level, because He is God. He's explaining His inerrant Word. He's teaching His inerrant Word to the people that He indwells. We're going to get into that in future episodes. but This is critical to know, and this is critical to understand, and this is why we can't set the Spirit to the side. He authored Scripture, and He teaches Scripture
1: that's that's exactly right and it's it's I think it's laid out so perfectly in First Corinthians chapter 2 uh, verses 14 and 15 where Paul explains and he says that a natural person that's a non-believer does not accept the things of God because they are foolishness to him and because he can't understand them because they are spiritually discerned In other words what Paul is saying is, Somebody who doesn't have the Holy Spirit indwelling them cannot understand the words of the Holy Spirit, which are inscripturated, which are in the Bible. And so, in other words, Paul's saying, if you want to understand the Word of God, you must be illuminated. Your eyes must be opened, not in some mystical sense, but in the reality of the divine miracle of regeneration and given a new heart and eyes to see. And the Scripture then becomes uh, it becomes clear in a way that is only clear to believers and that is because it's the Holy Spirit who makes it so.
0: Yeah, First Corinthians chapter 2, if you need some Bible reading for this week, first Corinthians chapter two is where you need to go, especially if you're going to follow along with our pneumatology series. I, I would just add to that uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verses 17 and 18. You know, there's a lot of focus in ephesians chapter one and rightly so on uh god's eternal plan of salvation his eternal plan of redemption but towards the end of that discussion in verses 17 and 18 you see the apostle paul essentially praying that the people's minds and the hearts will be opened up to the truth of god Mm. and he's doing that he's writing to believers and he knows that God will indeed do that through the Holy Spirit, that He will enlighten their mind. He will enlighten their heart. He, he will teach them the truth, because that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does. I think that's chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. You could possibly throw verse 19 in there. But, the, I mean, this is a doctrine of the Holy Spirit. This is Pauline doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the author and teacher of Scripture.
1: That's right, man. Um, That's that's a good word for us. Uh, another, Another reason why it's important for us to study the Holy Spirit, this is fairly obvious and in many ways goes without saying, but the Holy Spirit is a member of the Trinity. And so if we are going to really understand God, especially as God has revealed himself, uh, not just the general revelation, Romans 1.20, hey, look, there's a creator, uh, not just that, but I'm talking like God's revelation. When God revealed himself in the words, in the pages of scripture, uh, he did so in such a way that, and we've already looked at this, that he revealed himself as a triune God, three persons, one being, one essence, well, the Holy Spirit is one of those persons, and so if we're going to really understand the Godhead, if we're going to understand who God is, uh, it it's necessary that we understand and we study and we become uh, familiar with uh, the Holy Spirit, in particular his role within the Trinity. And so we'll uh, we'll we'll spend time unpacking that and looking at his specific work and how uh, the Holy Spirit differs from. The Son and the Father, while still being of the same essence. So, if we're going to understand God, we have to understand the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, and just to bounce off that into our next point here, you know, I, w- I would say that the Holy Spirit Himself unveils various components of soteriology. So, we haven't discussed soteriology or the doctrine of salvation, but but I guess what I want us to see, and I want to connect with what you just said, TJ, is that the Holy Spirit can be found in each one of the categories of systematic theology. Mm -hmm. You know, he's there in theology proper. Like you mentioned, he's there in bibliology. He's there in homardiology. Of course he's here in pneumatology. He's there in Christology because Christ is moving in the power of the spirit. Um, so I mean, again, even though the Holy Spirit's behind the scenes, He's actively working in every category of a systematic.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely true. We, we've learned that along the way that these doctrines overlap. But you're right, man. The Holy Spirit's going to be there in soteriology, as you mentioned. He's going to be there in ecclesiology. Yeah. And that brings me to our next point, that that studying the Holy Spirit will help f- help us understand what it looks like to live godly lives. In today's world in 21st century church age what does it look like well regenerated people demonstrate the fruit of the spirit and so mm. regenerated people are born again they've been uh, given a new heart they are indwelled by they're sealed by the holy spirit and, and our lives should be indicative uh, uh, of though as those who are indwelled as those who are changed uh, by The Spirit of God, and so, um, so in studying the Holy Spirit, we are learning how our lives should look because the Holy Spirit directs us. He He guides us in all truth. Um, He he fills us um, in such a way that He permeates our being, and He he gives. We're We're going to look at this. I'm really looking forward to to the episode that we uh, devote to spiritual gifts. Uh, in the church, and those come from the Holy Spirit, and so we learn so much about how to live, how to uh, function, how to uh, be good church members, how, how to be believers because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Again, behind the scenes, uh, but still vital and necessary uh, for us as as believers.
0: Yeah, let, let's let's camp here just for a second because I yeah. I like where you went with that. I, I think in other words, what you're saying, TJ, is that the Holy Spirit is super practical. Mm, he, yep. he is practical. And in other words, there is daily application that can be drawn from the Holy Spirit. And you mentioned it in terms of ecclesiology, in terms of the church, how the church should conduct herself. First Mm -hmm. Timothy chapter three, but also how believers, how how the sheep should be interacting in in the church. You know, it makes me think of uh, Galatians chapter five verses sixteen and Mm seventeen, walking in the spirit. Um, It makes me think of Ephesians chapter five, to not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. So you see this connection with Christian living. You see this connection with. Holiness, the people of God are s- supposed to be connected and intertwined with the Holy Spirit of God. I mean,
1: could anything be more practical than the Holy Spirit? <laughs> well, now that you say that, man, like think about this. Jesus is not here. Like Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. God the Father is not here. He he, he is reigning on the throne. The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is indwelling uh, the the hearts and uh, the, the the minds of believers, and so the Holy Spirit. When you talk about practical, everyday stuff, like the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is the person of the Godhead who is here. Jesus says, "I am going, and it is better for me to send you the Helper. It's better for you if I leave and if I send the Spirit, because the Holy Spirit." can indwell you bodily and Jesus like I'm, I'm going I'm going to prepare a place for you and I will come again and we're going to celebrate that day And we long for that day no question God the Father sovereignly ruling over his creation he, he is going He, he's determined he's decreed uh, within the Godhead we, we recognize that we worship God accordingly but the Holy Spirit is the one who is here and so when you said like what could be more practical like you're right the Holy Spirit is the is the person of the Godhead who's here. So let's get to know Him uh, because He's the one who dwells within us.
0: This is too good, man. This is this is just too good. Second um, Timothy chapter one, verse thirteen, as Paul writes to Timothy, then this is just bouncing off exactly what you said, man. Um, it says, "Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me." in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus, that good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Mm, I mean, mm. again, how, how much more practical could the Holy Spirit be? I mean, the, the, this. The, the, I'm excited for the study just so I can be more in tune with what the Scripture teaches about the Holy Spirit, and in particular, the Holy
1: Spirit indwelling us. Come on. Yeah. I, I, I would agree, man. As as I've thought about this, I I was really pumped about the Christology series just from a pure theology standpoint, right? Like I just uh oh, just relish those wonderful doctrines and I just love them. Um but the pneumatology series, like we're we're talking about getting real in your life and uh and there's much to be had here and yeah i'm excited i'm excited to get into the into the study of this to to, to look at what it's supposed to look like to live by the spirit um, and what scripture says about uh what that life is supposed to look like so uh, there's there are like you said there are countless reasons really why we should study the holy spirit but the point being we should study the Holy Spirit. We should develop this doctrine, uh, and, and that's what I I, I plan on uh, us doing. And uh, look forward to being able to do that with uh, with you. So you, you got a quote here from from Thomas Oden. You you, you want to read that? You want to tell me who he is? I, I'm not familiar with. Yeah, him. Uh,
0: Thomas Thomas C. Oden. He is a uh, 20th century Methodist theologian. That's why I wasn't familiar with. You know, it, it, it's interesting because I came across, he's got a three-volume systematic theology, man, and every time, you know, I think you and I are, are like-minded in the sense that we would like to reference and use multiple resources in our study to hear a lot of different voices, even if we don't necessarily theologically agree on every point, you know? I think we talked about that in a little Q&A episode that we did last time, you know? Uh, trying to discover where people are coming from in terms of different theology, right? Thomas C. Odin, to me, is one one of those guys. I mean, some of the work that he has put together is so profound in terms of theology, but also in pastoral ministry. Um, in, In other words, for the pastoral ministry classes at TMS that I've taken the last couple semesters, for some reason, his material comes up in all of the pastoral ministry books that I'm reading. You see him in the footnotes everywhere. You know, so I don't know. You kind of want to search out this dude to see what he's about. But anyways, um, he he says this regarding the Holy Spirit, and I, I think it's super helpful. He says, The Spirit indwells in human history to attest to God the Father and God the Son, to draw together the called out people for celebration and proclamation, to reveal the truth, to equip for service, to seal the promise of things to come, To elicit faith, hope, and love, and to redress the history of sin, you know, I Mm -hmm. think that quote really encapsulates the the the, the Spirit's ministry. In other words, it's not just one thing that He does; He is actively involved in multiple areas of the Christian life.
1: I love that quote. And you know what I think I love the most is that almost every single one of those things, it's just so easily overlooked. Like just the work of the spirit man is so vital. And so often we just kind of gloss over it. And so for, for me, this is going to be really good to just say, all right, let's slow down. Let's, let's think about these things. Let's consider, um, the person, the work, the, the activity, the actions, the, uh, the role of the Holy spirit. And, and let's just think about these things and, and have a greater appreciation for who he is, um, as God. Uh, and so, so with that, let me, let me just kind of springboard to the final segment of the final component of our, of our episode here. What's it going to look like, Lance? Like, I, I know that, uh, we haven't exactly mapped out episode by episode, how many we're doing and what they're going to look like, but what, uh, what do you see the next several episodes? What are we going to cover? What, what What's to come in these episodes? Yeah, I
0: think we're going to handle it like we did the Christology series, where we're going to focus on the person of the Holy Spirit, who He is. He isn't an it. He's yeah. an actual person. You know, So we want to spend some time defining that reality, defining that truth. Um, then I think that we would like to move into the work of the spirit, what, what is he actually doing? You know, like, I mean, what is he up to these days? Um, Mm -hmm. we want to see what scripture says and teaches about that. I think we also would like to incorporate, um, uh, some heresies throughout church history that have been addressed and the truth of the reality, the Holy spirit that has been defended. Um, Man, I, I mean, th- th- there's so much. Spiritual gifts are yep. definitely a hot topic and highly debated. How how the spirit works in gifting members of the church. Um, yeah, what what else are we get to throw in there?
1: Yeah, uh, questions about you know the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. What is it? What is what does it look like to offend? To quench the spirit? To uh, to resist the Holy Spirit. How, how, how does how, how does the Holy Spirit uh, work with the flesh? because we're, we're, we're battling the, the inner, the inner f- sinful flesh of our hearts and I think maybe some we'll do some practical things like that and ask those questions about what it looks like, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, How do we determine what's authentic and what's not? um and there's so much that can be said and uh if you're if you're listening and you're thinking look this sounds great but you guys didn't mention this and you're thinking we gotta talk about this uh, let us know because there's so much that we could say and uh, it's very easy for us to to potentially overlook something so uh there's a lot there uh we'll kind of shake this out and see where it ends up christology was 10 episodes I don't know how long this one will go. There's there's a lot that can be said, and we'll we'll kind of see uh, where it ends up.
0: Yeah, man. I, I guess how the spirit leads. We'll too uh, easy. It's too easy. <laughs> it's too easy. I, I, that was that was so dumb. I can't believe I can't believe I said that.
1: Uh, is that going to be uh, is that going to be your initiative on the way out? Is just you know let the <laughs> let the spirit lead, however the spirit leads. Uh, do, do you have do you have an initiative for us for this episode?
0: Yeah, I think my initiative would be. You know, to some degree, what I said uh, at the top of the episode, and and I'm really challenging myself to do this as well. You know, whatever preconceived notions or ideas or understanding that I have of the Holy Spirit um, before we hit the record button for this episode, I I, I want to readdress and reassess and reexamine why I believe what I believe about the Holy Spirit and let Scripture be the driving force in that. It, yep. Does that does that make sense? Like, yeah, um, I, I feel like my pneumatology is pretty solid, but I would like to over the over the coming months and of course beyond, but specifically for the podcast to really re-examine the scripture in terms of what it says about the Holy Spirit and hopefully refine um, what I already believe and think about Him.
1: Yeah, that's uh, a That's a good word. It's uh, one that I hope to follow your example and i I hope to be right there with you uh thinking the same way Uh, i think my for my initiative uh kind of echoing off of that is just the the necessity the need to slow down and to think through these things um i'll be man, i'll just be honest with you lance like i'm ready to get to soteriology Uh, i'm ready to get to ecclesiology like that's my wheelhouse like that we've done all these things and we're soteriology and ecclesiology is where I could like camp the rest of my life. Like those are my two favorite doctrines. And so I want to get there. Um, I know that there are many who listen and they just want us to get the eschatology. They want to talk about the end times. I'm like, I get it. Like I want to talk about soteriology and then I want to talk about ecclesiology. That's, but for me, I need to, to examine, to consider the doctrine of the Holy spirit. So I'm thankful. Um, that I let you talk me into doing this because I wanted to skip it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, but I'm thankful for this. And, and for me, my, my initiative and my my challenge, my encouragement uh, for our listeners is uh, to come along with us on this journey to examine the Holy Spirit and to worship God. Um, as a result So I, I'm ready for it And I hope you uh, hope you guys are too uh, If you're not doing so already Make sure you subscribe to our podcast On iTunes and to our YouTube channel uh, Be sure you like us on Facebook At Reformed Informants And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter At our underscore informants And you can find links to all of our social media platforms All of our previous episodes And our Reformed Informants shop At our website And that is at www.themajestiesmen.com reformed informants if you have any questions or suggestions for topics
0: of discussion feel free to email us at reformedinformants@gmail.com. at gmail.com